And we're back with another episode of Unwritten Rules, an Iowa Cubs podcast. My name is Bethany Skern, Marketing Manager here with the Iowa Cubs, and I'll be your host this week. As you're listening, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And as always, be sure to head on over to iowacubs.com for the latest news and information. This week, I'm joined by a very special guest from right here within the Iowa Cubs front office. Fans will know him as the man behind the music at Principal Park. He's the one that makes it seem effortless as we jump from one promotion to another throughout the course of a game. He's our director of video and multimedia art, Justin Walters. Justin, how's it going? Good. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, a little strange being on this side of the podcast, but uh, yeah, I'm, d- I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. For, for those that don't know, Justin's the one that's always making us sound good throughout this podcast. <laughs> he's, he's usually behind those that are on the microphone. So now we made him come on the microphone and talk about what he does. So... Um, let's give a little bit of context for the listeners as far as um, kind of how you got to where you are right now. So how long have you been with the Iowa Cubs and really how did you get started in some of the the video and game production stuff that you're doing for us now? Yeah, so um, I started in 2012 as a video intern uh, with us and I was hired by Scott Saylor and uh, Blake Havard, the person before me who had this position. Um and yeah, so I've been doing the math uh, earlier preparing for this. I realized that this is my 10th season if you include the intern years, which uh, I didn't, you know, if you include 2020 for uh, for that, I guess. But um, so, yeah, so 10 years if you include my intern years and uh, eight full-time seasons uh, here. So got started there, and I guess initially I got started at Iowa State uh, with doing just sort of extracurricular video stuff and then uh, came here for a season to do an internship, and then I went out to Bristol, Connecticut, and did a internship at ESPN in the spring of 2013, um, which was awesome. Uh, really, really fun internship up there. And obviously, growing up a sports fan, that's sort of the pinnacle for <laughs> production and stuff, especially at the time. And so uh, that was really fun to go out there and do that, and learned a lot out there. And then I came back here the summer of 2013 to finish the internship. And uh, Blake got another job that he left, I believe, in August. Um, and it being my second year as an intern, I kind of helped. And Scott asked me to help and step in to uh, produce some commercials, I think, and the state baseball tournament highlight video that we do at the end of each year. And so I helped out with that at the end of the year. And then January came around and or I think it was November maybe and I, I had an interview with Scott out at the uh, former Cub Club uh, restaurant had an interview with Scott out there I remember walking back into the front office and and meeting Sam uh, as we were leaving and then got a call a couple weeks later that said that I got the job and started first of January here and then that's been it so <laughs> here you are all these yeah. years later so <laughs> yeah yeah must have gone all right because yeah. we're still here 10 years later I can't believe it's been 10 years I knew you'd been around for a while but yeah it's uh yeah the it those two intern years I guess add up a little bit um but I, I like I said I didn't realize it had been this is the 10th season of Iowa Cubs baseball that I've seen essentially uh Ninth season of Iowa Cubs baseball, ten seasons at Principal Park, I guess. Since there's no 2020 in there, but um, but yeah, it's it, it's been a learned a lot and it's been a a fun uh, fun job, especially for you know it's been my only one I've had out of college. So you know it's amazing for how long we spend at the ballpark day in and day out each summer, how fast it goes by. 
I mean, we're here what, on an average game day, maybe 14 hours a day, and and yet it feels like it flies by. One one second it's opening day, and the next second we're in September and thinking about the off season. So it, it goes by fast. But let's kind of dive into that game day experience a little bit and talk about kind of what you do day in and day out when the Iowa Cubs are here at Principal Park. So during an Iowa Cubs game, you are up in the press box on the third floor um, in what we call the control room. So you're up here, you've kind of got an eagle-eye view of the action, what's going on on the field, in the stands, everything like that. So when you come into the office in the morning through when the game ends, what does a typical game day look like for you? Yeah, so uh, a couple things to start off the day are usually cutting highlights from the night before uh, of, of that game. So that, you know, sort of building up that content library uh, of video clips and video archives that we have from the night before. Um, in addition to that, I'm putting together the uh, game script uh, for that. We have the a few, you know, like our PA announcer will have a script in front of them so we can read the copy. And then we have, uh, I have scripts for the video interns in the room as well so they can follow along and play the right content at the right times and all that stuff. And a script for myself so I can, you know, remind myself what's coming up next and things like that so I can remind other people. So um, most of that script stays the same. I would say about 75, 80% of it on a given night is at least in the same order of the what the promotions are and things like that, the, the pregame videos that run and all those things. Uh, but the other 20%-ish is stuff that might be uh, exclusive to that night. So that's, you know, finding places for those things, whether if it's a, a pregame presentation or a, a special drawing or a raffle or things like that or um, – for example, the State Fair comes in and, and does a promotion each year for uh, a few homestands out of the year. So rearranging some promotions to make sure that things fit in there and doing that. Um, so making sure that, you know, the, the biggest thing is just making sure everyone's on the same page uh, when it comes to the PA announcer. You know, what he's saying is going to match what the video board says or what promotion is going on in the field. So making sure not only the video interns have the stuff they need, to click the right buttons at the right time, making sure the PA announcer has the right script, and then also making sure that our stadium operations crew has the right information for their interns to run those promotions uh, at the right time and so everyone's prepared and on the same page. So that's uh, that's probably the biggest part of getting ready for the day and getting ready for each game. Um, there's always a few things here and there in addition to getting that script ready, um, getting the content ready for that script. So putting in the actual video content or uh, graphics for those promotions if they're new for that night or for a specific presentation, putting in new music for a certain thing if that happens, uh, if players have new walk-up music <laughs> or something like that, <laughs> then uh, we're putting in new walk-up music. That usually doesn't come till uh, pretty late sometimes, but uh, for the most part, it, 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 it goes all right. But um, So putting in that content, making sure that content is is scripted in the right way to follow the actual physical script and then uh, another typical part of a day is some maintenance uh, whether if it's making sure the video board is you know all the parts are working correctly and, and making sure we go, have to sometimes go out to the back of the board and uh, replace a cable or replace a module out there uh, which uh, the video board is essentially made up of you know over thousands of of little black modules that uh light up together to make the picture whole and so you sometimes have to go out and one of those might go out or a cable might be bad so you sometimes have to replace one of those too um so 
little bit of maintenance, a little bit of content creation and loading and, and a lot of planning and organization is, is most of the game day operation stuff that I do before games. Well, and you mentioned it pretty nonchalantly, but I just want to go back to maintenance on the video board for a second, because I was <laughs> one of a handful of people with you last year during the pandemic um, when we were you know, taking care of some different projects around the ballpark. And, and one of them was cleaning fans in the video board. Mm -hmm. And it didn't sound like a big deal to me, but you don't realize how high up that video board is until you're climbing a ladder just kind of a all by yourself, not really enclosed in any way, up to the top of the video board. You're kind of up there, not feeling super secure cleaning those fans. So yeah. um, that that's more of a, a project and more of an adventure than I think you're letting on as far as what that takes to, to maintain that video board and going in there. <laughs> And actually dealing with it hands on. Yeah, it, it can be, especially at, at certain at certain times. That that fan cleaning last year, uh, you know, with the board was installed in 2015, uh, the right field video board here at Principal Park, and uh, you know the, those fans uh, are working to keep things clear and and keep the air moving throughout those cabinets in the back, and so they end up accumulating a lot of a lot of either dust or cottonwood or other things that fly through the air and and uh trying to keep those cabinets clean and, and clear so we we did have the it seemed like we were having a temperature issue with the board maybe overheating a little bit last year so we had to go in and, and clean some of those fans and we brought along some front office people <laughs> for uh for help and uh it, it it's a project uh especially that specifically you know we were in there with toothbrushes and Oh, yeah. and uh whatever else we could find to to get those clean and then get them put back in and, and everything installed correctly back in there so um we haven't had to do that yet this year <laughs> which has been good but we have had to go up there a few times to you know the cable replacement is pretty easy it's you know just a single cable that that's not too difficult but when you get into the parts where you you know where an actual physical module it goes out and you need to replace that it can be a little tricky I know uh, just last week, Dusty, uh, Dustin Halderson, one of our stadium operations uh, members and managers and, and me went up to the video board to replace a module and it was on the very top row. So we're up on the third catwalk. There's three catwalks back there and we're up on the third catwalk and uh, the module won't go through. Usually you can pull it through from the back, but because of the lip at the top of the board, you can't pull it through. Uh, so my idea rather than take out another module below it and bring it out that way was the easier option was to just go over the top so then you just had you had you had uh me on a ladder and dusty with the module in his hand handing it upwards above the board and then you had who produces who who records a <laughs> podcast and doesn't turn their phone off man well, he did say it was your first is, time on the podcast is, yeah, so oh, you know man. there's a learning curve with everything uh <laughs> <laughs> Let me turn that on silent. That's funny. Uh, will I leave that in or will I cut it out? I don't know. You've got the power. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So no. So Dusty and I are uh, are out there with the board, and he's handed me the module out and up, and I'm reaching over the top of the video board, grabbing it, and then pulling it back, and then we are able to do the opposite of that to install the new one. Um, so it, it can be a little bit of an adventure, but uh, but you know, it's it's all it's all fun. It's all part of it. 
uh, other duties as assigned for some of us, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I was just standing on my two feet. I don't know about being on a ladder, on a catwalk, on the video board. <laughs> yeah. That might be a, a step, step too far for me. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you kind of talked about a little bit, you know, your team and who's all involved in your process. And I kind of just want to jump back into that because I find it fascinating as somebody who's only kind of partially involved in that process. You talked about the PA announcer the video interns in the control room, you've got what I call the buttons people press for, for replays and changing camera angles. Um, a lot of fans will be familiar with your camera operators, your your interns, because they're the ones that put them on the video board. So when they're dancing and doing all those funny things to get on the video board. Um, so just kind of talk about your team and how, kind of, I guess, kind of all the different facets of it and what it really takes. You talked about the scripts and things like that to make sure the production is run as smoothly as it's supposed to. Yeah, so we have um, eight to nine video interns that uh, fill out the the intern crew that run cameras. Uh, we have four camera operators. Uh, our broadcast has five to six cameras on any given night, um, but four of them are, are actually operated by a person. Uh, and then we have one on the third base side, one on the first base side, uh, one above the press box, and then one wireless that kind of roams around the stadium a little bit. And so we have four camera operators and we have four spots inside the control room, a couple graphic spots, a replay operator, and then a director or technical director um, that, that sits at the table and, and does all the, the video production stuff uh, on that side. And so uh, those interns, you know, we, we usually have a, a really great crew of kids that come in and some have a lot of knowledge when they get started uh, and do great right away. And, and other ones come in with not a lot of live production experience. And then they learn a whole bunch during the summer. Um, and, and we've had a, a lot of good interns and a lot of people go on to, to professional sports teams and ESPN and, and, and other entities like that and things like that. So that's, that's been a successful program for us, uh, which, you know, I, I like seeing them. And I know we have one at the twins who's helped us out for a while, Hugo, um, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of other people that have succeeded a, a lot, uh, after they're done here. So that's been good to see. And then the other people in the control room, yeah, you have our PA announcers. Uh, we have four PA announcers that rotate throughout the year, uh, and they do uh, a really great job. Um, you know, uh, Joe Hammond, uh, who just got the job up at Iowa state for Iowa state football and basketball. Uh, he, he's been here for a few years. Mark Pierce, has done a great job. Corey Kuhn is the voice you're hearing on Sundays. He's been the, the, the Sunday voice for a long time. Um, and Rick Stageman is the other one. Uh, and they all do a really nice job for us. So, um, you know, they're, they come in just like the video interns, roughly an hour to an hour and a half before the game. And, and they're preparing and looking at the script and looking at rosters, making sure they get pronunciations correct and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, so they're, they're really nice to work with. Um, and then occasionally, yeah, I'll have, you know, some full-time staff help out in that room too, if we're short staffed with, uh, Ryan Clutter, our IT director and Matt Evers, uh, our graphic designer and, and website and digital guy, uh, it's, uh, also helps out a bunch and he was a former video intern. So, um, so, so yeah, so it's, uh, it, it takes a, a lot of people to, to sort of produce the audio and video game day experience. Um, and you know, it, it, uh, it, it's a, a fun environment and a lot of, it can be hectic at times, but you know, hopefully if we prepare and, and stay organized and all that stuff, it, we're, we're usually able to, to execute pretty well on all those things. So, yeah. And, and another element of the game day experience that you're really involved in is the music at the ballpark. 
And, you know, we, we've all attended games, whether it's sporting events, you know, anything like that. And you always hear music between innings, between plays, um, at different points in the game, you play different kinds of music. And that's kind of a, a unique skill because you really have to have a feel for the crowd and and you're not going to play, you know, a, a happy song if somebody's injured or you're not right. going to play a slow song if we're making a comeback, things like that. Yep. So you really have to good, have a good feel for what's going on. So your your alter ego here, DJ Just Spin, is here at the ballpark <laughs> each game. And, and like I said, I think that's a unique talent to have. So how fun is that for you and kind of what is that process like coming up with different songs for – for different types of games, whether it's day games where we have, you know, maybe a lot of school groups or evening games on a Friday night before fireworks. And um, what does that process typically look like for you? Yeah, the uh, the I would say the, uh, the the best example of this. Well, first off, the, the kids games are always fun because you can play SpongeBob SquarePants and they swing, sing along or you play What Do the Fox Say? And they sing along and all those great stuff. Or or the, the more recent one, I guess, would be Baby Shark. Uh, you know, you get. I remember a school day in 2019 uh, where we had three quarters of the stadium, I think, doing Baby Shark uh, during one of the inning breaks. And that's just, you know, it makes it fun and everything. And that's, that's a really pretty cool moment. But, um, yeah, so those are fun. And uh, another great example of that is sort of our uh, Copa uh, Demonio Stay Des Moines uh, days that we have here. Um, you know, 19, 2019, uh, in a little bit this year, but especially in 2019, I put in, uh, a lot of work just looking for songs that, that had the Latin theme and, and, and fit in well with the game day production, all that stuff. And, and cause that, that really, I think creates the atmosphere in the stadium too, is when people are walking in pregame and, and there's that music playing. And, uh, I know we were lucky enough to have a band in 2019 and that kind of set the tone too out, out in the front of the stadium. And we had, people dancing on top of the dugouts uh and doing a dance routine that was awesome um and so so yeah so so those days specifically i think are fun to sort of set the mood inside the stadium and 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 get that that different feel and atmosphere in here so um so yeah so that's always fun um i I wish i i wish i honestly had a little bit more time to to spend with the music uh, just because i know there's uh, you know I, i try to incorporate some new stuff here and there but um on the priority list as i'm preparing for a game day unfortunately music usually falls near the bottom <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we have uh, we have a lot of good stuff that's in there right now uh but uh, but i'd uh i could probably add a, a few new <laughs> new things in there here and there as well but um but yeah it's uh the 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 dj just spin uh moniker is uh i think i was feeling extra confident one day when i sent out an email uh to the to the uh, to an all staff i think it was and uh asking for music recommendations for for something i think it might have just been for uh, an overall music recommendations to let me know what you like and different things that might work out in the stadium and uh yeah (laughs) uh, that that uh you know it works it it, it works i like it so uh, the the interns will sometimes call me that which i think is funny and uh you know it sometimes comes up in the front office which you know it's it's good and it's lighthearted, i guess but yeah so you know but playing the music and playing a crowd prompt like everybody clap your hands and getting the Mm -hmm. crowd my favorite moments for sure are when things come together in like the the middle of the ninth inning or uh bottom of the ninth and we're tied or we're down a run and we have runners on base and you know you want to build that atmosphere inside the stadium of 
making things loud and getting people excited so you're putting crowd prompts up on the board and i'm asking for like a get loud or a make noise uh, they go out on the board and then you know i'm i'm playing some song that's trying to hype people up or i'm playing a clip from happy gilmore <laughs> that, that yeah. says you know let's make some noise in here um and so trying to build that atmosphere inside the stadium and and have people get loud and and get excited and and then hopefully you know the you know if the if the team uh gets like a, a walk off or anything like that it just sort of adds to that atmosphere and um and so yeah so it's it's fun to sort of create that environment well yeah and it allows you to be creative i mean you you also add in some sound effects along the way too if we've got a, a foul ball going over you know the right field line over over all the seats over here you hear a splash in the water because we've got the river over there or yep. if it's going back behind home plate you hear a sounds like a windshield breaking because that's where our parking lot is we always hope that's just you and not an actual windshield breaking <laughs> yeah. but yep. but it allows you to be creative you know you talked about the the fan meter and some of the different prompts you put up on the video board a lot of those you you put together yourself and um, I'm not sure a lot of people realize that a lot of that stuff is done in-house primarily by you um, that's something that kind of helps us on the sales staff um, as far as when sponsors come to us and they're interested and and they've got a, a marketing concept that they'd like to see come to fruition we come to you and say hey this is what they're looking for can you put something together for us and i'm not sure about everybody else but i know i don't typically give you a whole lot of context and i just kind of allow you to be creative because you do a really great job with it and our fans have become familiar with all the different quizzes and and races on the video board and a lot of those you put together so um do you enjoy that as kind of a way to tap into your creative side and in a way to just, you know, have some fun with all the different parts of the ballpark? You, you're up here, you see it every night, so you can kind of visualize how it comes together within the greater scope of the game broadcast itself. So um, how is that aspect of the job for you? Yeah, that that is a enjoyable part for me uh, when we say for any promotion that that starts new at the beginning of the year or they're looking to. Uh, like you said, they have an idea of what they want to do, and, and then uh, I try to put things together to be close to that and sort of execute sort of what they're what they're looking for. Um, that can that can be fun to express that creative side a little bit. It, um, you know, specifically thinking of races, I, I know we have a few that go across like both video boards and stuff like that. So um, having those characters, sort of building those characters out and animating them, uh, usually in uh, for people familiar with sort of editing software, After Effects and Premiere and all that stuff. Uh, so animating them to go across the board and, and making them have little quirky and fun movements and all that stuff to keep things entertaining. Um, or it, when we had a, a jump around cam with a, from a trampoline park and making the letters on the graphic bounce like they're jumping off a trampoline and, and small things like that that uh, sort of add to the add to the to the promotion and things like that. So I do enjoy uh, doing that um, and and getting to uh, sort of show that creative side on all those promotions or, even if it's not a promotion, even if it's a, uh, you know, a, a commercial that we're doing, uh, you know, uh, whether if it's another TV commercial or things like that. And I know like when we had our no to go stuff and sort of incorporating, I worked closely with you on a lot of that no to go, how we were going to have Cubby walk uh, into the stadium and what we we're going to do to, to show people sort of the new protocols and things like that. So uh, working on those types of things is always fun. 
Yeah, I guess during the pandemic, you really kind of took on a little bit of a different role as far as um, like a photo shoot producer. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of those with our staff, uh, yeah, yep. staff models, if you will, as far <laughs> as team store photos and things like that. Yep. So um, I guess there's always something new around here. And I guess your job is, is no exemption to that. <laughs> yeah, the the COVID uh, protocol has definitely required us to get more creative uh, with different promotions. You know, we we were doing everyone knows the bebop's burger race that goes around the outfield um at the beginning of the year we couldn't have people out on the field so it required us to sort of uh adjust it and to do that essentially i just worked with randy a little bit on uh what he thought what we thought might be able to replace that for the time being so uh the idea that we ended up on was you know having three uh burgers on the video board race across the entire board uh and 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 sort of just having a uh contestant think which one or pick which one is going to win in the race and things like that so um so it definitely forced us to be creative and uh, in all areas uh which uh, which i think was a a good thing too um but it's also nice to be able to (laughs) be back to uh, a somewhat a somewhat normal uh, operation uh when it comes to on-field promotions and things like that too yes definitely i could not agree with that more yep um so i want to switch gears just a little bit here and talk about a, a video um that you had a major hand in that um most if not all of our fans will know of very well Uh, There's a video that sticks out in my mind that you created because it went viral. And that is the video of Taylor Davis staring at our cameras here at Principal Park. Um, This is actually pretty timely considering uh, Taylor is set to make his Principal Park return this evening with the Indianapolis Indians. So um, kind of fits well. But I know you jumped on his podcast episode to talk about this a bit. But um, I post this on social media and it goes nuts. People react to this so well they still love it all these years later um and it was just such a phenomenon at the time and it's really become evergreen i think i just said that to you the other day it's evergreen people love it it never gets old i could watch that video probably every day and it'll put a smile on my face so um how exactly did that get started and and whose idea was it to keep it going as long as it did and then eventually put that montage together that became so known across social media yeah so the the initial stages of it uh, were definitely, you know, the the video interns were when we're in pregame and stuff, and and during inning breaks, we're, we're, we sometimes will get shots of players. And uh, when it started that year, uh, it just sort of was a funny, like, oh, you know, he's looking into the camera. That's kind of funny type thing. Um, and then he kept doing it, um, and I believe he attributes the early stages of it to Christopher Negron uh, the season before, I think. is uh, He also, I think, did some of this the season before. Um, and so he kept staring into the camera, and eventually after he kept doing it, I was just like, this is probably good to save, uh, you know, just to have on hand because he had done it three or four times in a row, and I kept saving them because they were just, you know, I – when I go through highlights at the next day or the end of the night, then I'm always just looking for funny and, and interesting things. And they always made the, 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 the highlight playlist. So, um, so I kept saving them. And, uh, then again, as I mentioned before, just kind of, as the season went on, built up this library of clips of, of him staring into the camera. And by the end of the year, I probably had, I don't know, 40 or to 50 clips <laughs> of him staring into the camera. And it seemed like there was, uh, something that could be made out of it so um i 
it was like, yeah, this would be fun to put something together. So I started, you know, looking for some music that would go along with it and Googled songs about eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a very scientific, uh, it wasn't a very scientific, uh, way that our, uh, you know, a quick light bulb moment for me about what it was. But, uh, but I found the one that we used and, um, you know, it just kind of ran with it and we played it inside the park for him for, uh, what we thought was more of an inside joke where it was, you know, Hey, look at this. Thanks for being funny all year and, and playing along with our cameras and all that stuff. And we played it for him at the end of the year and, uh, seemed like he liked it. And, uh, then we posted it on social and yeah, it kind of blew up. Uh, and so the, the response to it was so surprising to me. Um, but it, but it was great. Uh, I think, uh, the last time, last time I looked, uh, Facebook, I think had over like 35 million views and I know YouTube is over like 600,000 on our page. And I think minor league baseball has it on their page too. And it has a bunch. So, um, yeah, I think it, it, it definitely blew up. And then, you know, for him getting on and getting on sports center and getting on interviews and getting in all that sort of stuff too, was was really fun to see. Um, and so, so yeah, so it was uh, it it was very unexpected, uh, but uh, but I think that's how most viral stuff happens, um, and so uh, it was it it was a fun way to wrap up that year for sure. And like I said, all these years later, here it is, still still making fans smile, and yep. and they can't get enough of it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it it definitely has a still has a life where I'll go onto our YouTube page and look at the analytics, and it's still getting you know you know, thousand views a month or something like that. And so there, there's definitely still people coming back to it. And like you said, timely now with him coming back with Indianapolis and that's kind of neat to have him back here too. So I guess we'll see if he continues the tradition tonight <laughs> yeah. being a, a visiting player if he yeah. just reserves that for being on the Iowa Cubs <laughs> roster. I guess we'll find out tonight. Yeah. Uh, but you're listening to Unwritten Rules and Iowa Cubs podcast. I'm Beth Niesgren here with Justin Walters, our video and visual guru here at the Iowa Cubs. And let's talk a little bit about this podcast. Um, it came to life during the pandemic last year. And up until this point, like we've said already, um, you've kind of been the man behind the scenes a little bit, making us, the hosts, and all the guests sound good, which we absolutely appreciate. I know some of us require more work than others to make that true. Um, but we've had in-person interviews. We've had Zoom video interviews. We've had phone calls that you've turned into, you know, podcast interviews and kind of everything in between. And so um, as somebody myself who's not totally familiar with the technical side of that, talk a little bit about what that behind the scenes role looks like and what it actually takes to to make these episodes come out each week and, and sound just as good as they do week in and week out. Yeah. So, um, you know, for at the beginning with a lot of it being over zoom, you know, with, uh, it still being during COVID and all that stuff. Um, the, a lot of it was, you know, just learning the best practices for, uh, recording things on zoom and doing things like that. Um, luckily the, the, uh, the, obviously the audio quality isn't quite the same over zoom that it is talking directly into a microphone. But, uh, what zoom does do a nice job of is sort of, equaling out all of the audio levels of everybody and so usually if we had in the beginning if we had a, a podcast all over zoom uh it it would be 
pretty easy to edit because a lot of that stuff is sort of taken care of for you and all that stuff. So if I had to go in and take things out, it, it wasn't too bad. Um, and so, yeah, so most of it is, uh, you know, set up in the early stages too, when we did have in-person stuff, um, we, uh, we didn't have a audio recorder, what, what we're using right now, uh, w- which has been a, a blessing, uh, for the, <laughs> for the past few times because the, uh, the, the, uh, the best audio recorder we had in the building at the beginning of this was uh, one of our video cameras. And so, so on the early stages of this, uh, when we would do in-person stuff, I would plug it into the video camera. Uh, which a couple of them we have done sort of a video element to as well, so it worked out. Um, but uh, but this audio recorder in front of me now is, has been a, a definitely a blessing. Um, and so so yeah, so setup, you know, we usually have a couple microphones, uh, the audio recorder, um, some cable runs that we have to do depending on where people sit and if we have multiple people on the different thing or or things like that, and and then. I'll sit through the recording and just make some notes about what the subjects are talking about and, and where I need to make edits and, and things like that. And then at the end of it for post-production, I'm going into the editing software and doing those edits that I need and, and adjusting levels. If people are low in a certain area or, or, uh, too loud, or if, uh, someone had to sneeze or cough or, you know, if someone leaves their phone on like I did <laughs> earlier, <laughs> then, then, uh, then, you know, I'll take out that stuff, uh, as well. And so, um, so yeah, so it's been, uh, it's definitely been a fun new project. Um, you know, uh, Nick Long, I think initially had this idea to start with. And I, th- I think that's been a, a really nice thing to get some guests on here that, you know, our fans are probably interested in hearing from and are, are fun to sort of see the behind the scenes of not only the people you're seeing, uh, the famous baseball players that we've had on or things like that, but also the, the, the ownership and management group that we've had on from here, Michael and Sam and, and all them and, uh, to the, to the stadium ops and, and Tilly and, and hearing uh, Chris Chris Slosher talk about the turf and, and all that stuff uh, was very interesting. And so there's uh, seeing the behind the scenes of a lot of that and, and getting to listen to that and, and edit it. And then uh, at the end of the day, or at the, at the end of the edit, it, we post it to our distribution site. And posting that just includes, you know, writing a short recap. I joke to you earlier that for this recap instead of writing it in the third person i'll write it in the first person of saying like <laughs> this week i talk about <laughs> but <laughs> but i don't i haven't decided yet i guess we'll see if i end up doing that once this gets published see how many people um, notice that you yeah that too. <laughs> yeah yeah so um and so so yeah so you know we we publish it to that distribution and then it sends it out to spotify Apple, Amazon, and pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast as well. So, um, so yeah, and then creating the graphics for it as well to send out and give to you and, and Matt and Colin for social. And uh, we have sound bites from some of them that you know we'll create a little waveform graphic of them talking and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, there's 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 a lot that goes into it, but it's been a it's been a, a nice project for us, and I, I think it's been nice to have for all of our fans and things too. So. And it's been a fun way for us to connect to people that aren't here in Des Moines, Iowa. You mm-hmm. know, we've been able to, with the power of Zoom and, and everything that you do, we're able to connect with people really all over the country, it feels like. We've talked, we talked to Shelby in Colorado. We talked to, you know, people in Chicago and kind of everywhere in between. So 
Um, and it just gives fans a glimpse behind the scenes of what we do. You know, they come, they sit, they watch the game, but there's so much that goes into it and, and everyone plays a big part in making that possible. So, yeah, um, it's, it's, uh, I think, I think last time I looked, it was in 17 or 18 countries at this point as well. So, wow. um, so even outside the United States, we've got a little bit of a following, which, uh, you know, that it, it that's cool to see people from all over the world listening to the podcast. You must be doing something right, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you've been doing this for a while, and it seems like no matter how long you've been in this business, you always encounter something new. There's never, you never quite know it all, right? When you think you do, something changes along the way. And this season is no different. Um, we've had a new opportunity, and that's kind of, we found out early in the season that we were going to partner with Marquee Sports Network, the TV network of the Chicago Cubs, and they would be carrying 14 of our games live during this season. So being on social media myself, I've seen the overwhelmingly positive response from fans. Um, but I also have seen how hard you've been working on this to make it possible and the hours that you've put in to make the broadcast seem seamless, um, even though it's something that's pretty new to us as far as having us on live TV. And there's a lot that goes into those broadcasts. I know we have Elise Meneker come out with Alex to call the games, and I know you're talking with the folks back in Chicago pretty regularly. So what has that experience been like for you, and how does that change your process on a game day, knowing that you also have a live TV broadcast to produce as well as everything going on in the stadium. Yeah, it um, starting off, uh, it it was a very intimidating new project. Uh, the uh, I knew it would be great exposure for us um, and all that stuff, but the sort of trying to balance the stadium side of the production as well as the TV production and and uh, doing sort of a little bit of a hybrid for both. Uh, I knew there would be some elements of that would, that might be difficult uh, or require just a lot of communication uh, in a short amount of time. And so, um, so, but the people at Marquee have been great uh, working with everybody out there. Um, Ali Bertucci, Kevin Riley, Kevin Boss, uh, Barb, Tony, Stephanie, and I'm sure there's more on there that I'm forgetting, but uh, they, they've been great to work with um, and they've helped us out. You know, they've sent us a backdrop and some mic flags and all that stuff that has, has been really nice. Um, and just them sort of helping us get to this point has been great. But we had, um, you know, a lot of work that went into that first broadcast as well. And, and then even on marquee game days now there there's a little bit extra stuff that um you know which includes uh, us getting together with alex and elise to shoot an open for it that runs at the top of the hour uh to coming in and, and on those days i usually do a little bit more prep and testing on all that stuff um we do uh, uh i have my interns come in uh, a little bit earlier that day for the video crew um because we have a transmission check that we do two hours before each game so we'll we'll get on cameras and and get on the mics and everything two hours before the game make sure all the cameras are working the graphics look good all the audio sounds good and is in sync and all that stuff and so uh that requires you know a little bit more work to make sure that we're all prepped and ready to go we changed where our camera locations were last in last in 2020 when this was initially going our initial plans were to start this in 2020 um but obviously that got curtailed um but so before that, we had moved our camera locations down to the photo wells to what are the more traditional broadcast spots before we had them up on our uh, mezzanine level, which uh, it, most broadcasts have cameras on that level, but their main sort of, that was our main batter and 
pitcher shots, whereas your traditional main shots down there will be from the dugout sides of the dugout usually. So, um, so we did that, uh, last year to get ready for this. Um, uh, you know, we've, uh, even just this year from the first broadcast made improvements where we added a camera inside the booth, uh, when it was announced that Elise was going to join us. Uh, we added a camera, uh, inside the booth, just, just a little GoPro. Um, uh, but we added a camera in there to get shots of them at the top of the broadcast, uh, we do one in booth shot usually in the game, and then we hit do the uh, uh, one that usually post game as well. And and if it's like it was last week, and the trade deadline is looming, then sometimes we have to uh, to coordinate a little bit more. Of uh, you know, Marquee went to a, a live breaking news show during our game, and then came back from it, so that required a lot of coordination. But um, for the most part, you know, like I said, they've been great to work with from on my side. Uh, what a lot of a lot of the communication uh, will come from. Uh, I'll, I'll be on headset like I normally am with the video crew, and then I'll also be on a coordination line phone call with the people uh, at Marquee, sort of the master control people that are uh, going in and out of commercial breaks and making sure that you know when the program ends before our game, they're counting us in, and then when our game's over you know, they're sending it to the next program on marquee. And so during the games, I'll be on headset with the video crew calling camera shots, you know, saying the typical like director things like ready camera one, take camera one, ready to take camera two, that type of stuff. And then I'll also be listening on the coordination line to the people, uh, at master control for me counting us into a break and then us count or them counting us back from a break. So, um, you know, they'll give me countdowns at 15 seconds and 10 seconds and all that stuff. And then we have another intern, uh, in the radio booth with Alex and Elise that gives a signal to them to save when we're live and all that stuff as well too. So, um, so it, it requires a lot of setup, a lot, <laughs> a lot of coordination. Um, and you know, in, in that too, I, I try to, like I said, the, the balance between the two shows of being we still have a game and you know, we still have an audience in the stadium that we need to get content ready for and get everything ready for that side too. And, and on those nights, uh, it requires just a little bit more work to get that stuff ready before the marquee broadcast stuff starts. And we have to do that transmission check. So a little bit more work there. And, um, and Matt, who I mentioned earlier, Matt Evers has been a huge help with that as well too this year. And, uh, and, stepping into the where my typical spot would be playing music and sort of helping coordinate that uh and also ryan clutter again our it director has been just a, a huge huge help and definitely couldn't have done it without either of them and all the people at marquee to uh have this broadcast go along uh and you know go pretty well for uh you know the first i think we're through 10 or 11 games at this point maybe nine uh so yep, yep. um so so yeah, so it, it's been it's been a great experience um, to have our games on there, and uh, we're looking forward to continuing our partnership with them and uh, and uh, and you know continuing to get better and, and improve the broadcast as the games go along. So, well, and like I said, you know, being on social, it's been fun to see the response. You know, it's, it feels like it's really grown our fan base a little bit, reaching more of the Chicagoland area. I know we hear a lot from Indiana, just really kind of spanning across the Midwest a little bit more than just in the state of Iowa, particularly in central Iowa. So um, I think it's a fun way for fans to really connect who 
the future Cubs are going to be. I mean, we're the step right before Chicago. So it's really fun for, for us to share what we're doing here and give people a glimpse of what goes on at Principal Park, you know, during each season. And, and they get to see these players so that when guys like Patrick Wisdom come up and, and do well or, you know, Ortega comes up and hits three home runs in a game, it's like, oh, right. that was the guy that was on marquee playing for the Iowa Cubs. So yep. it's fun to make those connections and kind of grow the fan base a little bit. So, yeah, um, like I said, the fans have responded really well. So you guys have been been crushing it up here in the booth so you've been with the organization for a while you've seen a lot of different things you've worked with a lot of fans on like i said the the camp, fan cams and getting them up on the video board a lot of interns a lot of different promotions video shoots all sorts of stuff um so i'd imagine you've gathered some pretty good stories along the way so as we kind of wrap up today i just wanted to to have you share some of your most memorable experiences. Like I said, anytime people have a chance to get on camera, things tend to get a little funky. So um, <laughs> what are some things that stick out in kind of your past 10 years here? Yeah. You know, there is always the, there's always the funny and especially towards the end of the game on a night game and things like that, things can get a little wild on camera when people uh, get up there. Um, but you know, other, other than the, the typical stuff right there, the the stuff that sticks out to me is, um, first off, um, opening day 2015, uh, when we installed all the HD equipment in this right field video board, uh, w was a pretty fun day. Um, you know, again, very taxing day, but nice to look back on. And, uh, you know, we, we made the switch from standard definition to high definition and, and that off season included just a lot of projects of installing new cameras, new graphics equipment, the, the, the whole board itself, um, all that stuff, uh, in between me, Scott and Ryan, uh, it was just a lot of work that off season. And then when, you know, it opening day, 2015 was a Friday night that was 70 degrees in April. Oh, wow. And so, <laughs> so we, we didn't have much of a grace period when it came to, uh, breaking in the, the new equipment and the new board. Um, but, but, you know, we got, we got through that game and, and things overall went pretty well from, uh, what I can remember. Um, and, and that was a lot of fun at, at the end of the night, just to, to look at sort of the, the show we produced that night and, and how much work we put in that off season. So that was, that was, uh, a, a nice night and a nice memory. Um, in addition to, I know I touched on sort of my, my intern time here, but obviously a lot of the, the fun times as, as intern and, and coming in and, uh, you know, I, I'm still somewhat in contact with a lot of, a lot of those guys and still friends on Facebook and still seeing how they're doing and all that stuff. Uh, a few of them are still in town here. So, uh, you know, the, the the days of being an intern especially a video intern you know you're you're coming in an hour to an hour and a half before the game working the game and then you still have the rest of your summer to either work another job or or just kind of hang out or go to do a class or whatever so uh those days were always fun and, and made some great friendships in, in those summers and all that stuff um the the one interesting story about the internship is that i almost wasn't hired as an intern uh, so the, uh, when I interviewed, um, you know, I, I, I was at Iowa state and interviewed with Scott and Blake, um, and about a week later, I think it was, uh, I got the rejection email that was saying that, you know, we selected all of our candidates. Thank you for your interest. If you'd like to apply again, feel free to apply again. Uh, and I was like, oh, that kind of stinks. But, you know, it, it, you know, I, I 
wasn't really out anything the the intern the interview process for Iowa State back then as as I think we uh, uh will continue to do in the future is uh we work really closely with their journalism school and and we put a sign up sheet that's out there it says hey Iowa Cubs are going to be here all day this day mm-hmm. sign up for an interview and all that stuff and so you know I didn't have much video experience I didn't really expect anything so I wasn't surprised when I wasn't when I wasn't hired um but then I think it was about a month later, uh, maybe a couple weeks later, um, I got a call from Scott that uh, said, hey, we had this person that uh, got a full-time job somewhere else, and we'd like to offer you the spot on the internship. Um, and I obviously was thrilled and and accepted, and, um, and then everything sort of took off from there um but uh but yeah it was i was close to not to not (laughs) having this job um but um so so that was you know that was interesting but uh you know it it all worked out and uh i've had a great time here since then and uh and just the the you know being here since 2012 and you know i know this is a little timely with the the recent news and the roster transactions that have been happening but being here since 2012 and seeing the guys like Rizzo and Brian and Baez and uh, and all those guys come up through here uh, and, and playing for us and, and doing things like that or uh, has has been fun and, and interesting to get to sort of see that development and uh, I remember a, a specific clip of of Javi when he was here doing that swim move on a slide and I thought that was the coolest thing ever and then to see him doing it uh, obviously up there and stuff like that was uh, was really neat too. So, um, so, you know, there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of upside to the past nine, 10 years, uh, that, uh, I've been pretty thankful for, uh, to, to be in the spot that I'm in. So, yeah, it's, it's always fun. I mean, at the end of the day, we sit here, we look out, we look at our beautiful ballpark and we work in baseball. You can't beat it. It's, it's fun day in and day out. It makes all the long hours worth it. You see all the fans having fun, having a good time, the team on the field, you know, working hard and, that's what it's all about at the end of the day it's Mm -hmm. just it's a fun place to work it's a fun place to be and that's how you end up being here you know in the blink of an eye 10 years later so it it goes by fast like I said earlier it goes by fast I had more hair back then too (laughs) I wasn't gonna say anything (laughs) but (laughs) I didn't say it wasn't stressful but (laughs) some of those things are are hazards of the job right yeah yeah. long hours and there's some stress so you lose a few hairs mine are turning gray so yeah everybody handles it and a little bit differently but right um, but Justin we're we're in the midst of 13 games in 13 days right now at principal park. So, um, appreciate you, you know, taking the time. Honestly, you would have had to do this anyway, if we were doing the podcast (laughs) with somebody else, but appreciate you taking the time to come on the microphone, tell us about what you do, um, what it takes to produce an Iowa Cubs game. And, and that's something that fans don't get to see. So that's what this unwritten rules podcast is all about taking fans behind the scenes of what we do here and just showing them, um, there's more to it than you realize. And, and there's a lot that goes into it. So, appreciate you taking the time to share all of this with with all of our listeners it's awesome yeah thanks for having me and thanks for putting this together and and interviewing that was great so thanks for having me and uh that's all we got for this week's episode so be sure to check out the latest podcast episodes um each week on your favorite podcast platform as as always you can find information on iowacubs.com thanks again for listening and we'll catch you guys next time